Welcome to Lost Without Japan, a travel podcast about the life-changing experiences of exploring Japan and those moments we would be lost without. For your listening pleasure, allow me to introduce your very own Kanko Gaido, Michael. Welcome to episode 27 of Lost Without Japan, a podcast based on Japan and your Lost Without moments. This is your director of travel for TKIC Studio Productions, coming to you with hopes and dreams of a return to travel for others in 2022 and for himself in summer 2023. Tom and I'd like to thank you for giving us a bit of your time today. And we truly hope this podcast finds you in a good place or on the path to a better one, no matter how it may seem at this moment. Even if you're currently, like myself, because of a dryer breaking, hanging your clothes by speaker wire throughout the house, which Tom was mightily impressed with when he came in. You know, our belief, though, is that this show like, could serve as a beacon, along with Japan, to help guide us during these times. And it was looking forward to recording today that helped me going with what I have today. So if you're returning Lost Without Japan listener, I want to thank you for returning. And this is going to be a different show for those of you that have returned and for those of you that are coming for a first time. If you're one of those first time listeners, you may want to go back and listen to an interview or a city or other things that are here. Because today is going to be our show's very first uh, Nomakai one of many to come and going to be kind of a, bu- a bunch different than what we normally do, but we're going to have some fun with it and hope you enjoy it too. Um, one thing that I'd like to throw out here at the beginning is we're going to be celebrating a year of podcast coming from Lost Without Japan. That's going to be late August, early September. We're going to have our first annual anniversary show. And I like to ask some listeners for submissions. These could be written. They could be recorded audio. uh, Just something to include with the episode. Maybe you have some stories from when you've traveled to Japan. Maybe you are wanting to share, hey, here's what I found for my trip that we're going through. Um, Or just what you've liked about the show and are looking for. Anything at all will definitely be accepted and Who knows? You could be lucky enough to have Tom read your written response if you don't want that audio out there on the interwebs uh, for those to, you know, I don't know, Google tracks us with everything. So I'm I'm assuming, Tom, that's going to that's a possibility. But those of you that don't mind the audio, we're going to include that in and just going to ask that you keep it to about a minute, a minute and a half, uh, no more than two, just so we can put um, everyone's together and we'll go from there. And maybe you'll be nice enough to include some of your hidden gems yourself that you could share with our group of listeners so that you can make their trip even better, uh, just like this show plans to every time. The only thing I'm going to ask is that you could have that submitted by August 15th. I would greatly appreciate it. And we'll go from there. But Tom, uh, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, Mike. Thanks for having me. I can't believe it's been one year since you started this journey. That's awesome. Excellent. Congratulations. Appreciate it, my friend. Look forward to celebrating the same with you, you know, around this time again next year. We're going to go for two, and we've 
doubled everything we currently have. <laughs> we really don't need a lot of excuses to celebrate, but this is a good one. So let's celebrate. Well, we'll do it. We'll do it. And today's very special uh, Nomakai episode. We're going to start with our normal positive mental imagery and say that you're coming along with Tom and I to share some drinks and have some fun. And all of that's going to happen, of course, in Japan. So as you arrive for your flight today to Japan, remember, left lane is for loading and unloading only. And let's double check. Make sure you have your luggage, passport, and phone with you as you get out of that Lost Without Japan rideshare. You've made it. Today's the day you leave for Japan. And as you go through the doors of TKIC International Airport, go ahead and take a few deep breaths and come along with your tour guide as we'll get on our way to having you experience your first trip to Japan or the most exciting to date and make those lost without moment memories together. So as we go through that security checkpoint today, let's remember to keep either myself or HR Director Tom, who's on site, uh, in sight, we'll guide you through. Don't worry. We'll, we'll make sure that this is, uh, you know, not part of the story that you're telling about your time in Japan. So remember, you can reach out to us anytime through this process by lostwithoutjapan at gmail.com or send us a message at lostwithoutjapan on Instagram. Now, before we go too far into what we're doing today, this is not just a nomakai, but I want to also finish up our lodging options for Japan. For those of you that have been listening to all the interviews lately, it's been a while since Tom and I have discussed uh, chocolate on buses <laughs> or our other lodging options we have. But I wanted to kind of finish that off uh, because we have a new show format for these talks of cities that I'd like to try out with you all and want to free up that time for it. So we're going to keep on going and we're going to have some fun. We're going to drink some whiskey from Japan and probably share some news that, I don't know, definitely unique. We'll go, we'll go with that. So Tom, uh, you're, you know, you're an important part of our group. Uh, and when we have our Nomakai, it's really a time just for building things uh, like your why with your fellow coworkers. It's a time to drink, to let, the, let your hair down and not be judged by everyone else around you. And it's kind of important, though, to understand your role when you go to these Nomakai, because as free as they make them seem, there's still rules <laughs> that you have. And one of those I did to you without, you know, purposely doing is he who sits farther away from the door of more importance than the person that sits closer to it. So that's why my chair is further away from the door. <laughs> and I made you squeeze into our re recording studio in quotes today. So, <laughs> um, but if you want, Tom, do you want to start us off with just why uh, Nomakai are so important? You bet, Mike. In Japan, most of the time, it's really important for the group you're a part of to feel like you're committed to them and it can be said to be the same in reverse as well. A lot of times, uh, though, in the regular working environment in Japan, there's really not enough of an opportunity or time in a regular day, a regular work environment for this to happen. There are a ton of rules you may end up needing to follow, even down to where you sit in meetings. So let's talk about seating order. For the most part, at a typical Japanese company, the higher your importance or seniority, the farthest away uh, from the door your seat will be, and vice versa if you're new to the company. After that, most of the time, everyone will wait to begin drinking till after a short toast from one of the managers, to which everyone will reply either cheers or the Japanese equivalent, kenpai. 
in my friend group in Hiroshima, however, whenever we get together, well, this is your friend group, I'm sorry, in your friend group in Hiroshima, whenever you got together, you have your own cheers that you come out with, trying to have fun and, you know, embarrass each other and have some camaraderie. And, I, you know, Tom, I can't, we can't say it because I don't want to get an explicit tag uh, put on us, but it's a fun way to learn Japanese uh, when you, <laughs> you learn those words that you shouldn't uh, say. And my word to the wise is if you're out with people and uh, they pull something, you know, to where you're like, oh, man, I don't know if I can say this or not. Say it. Have fun with it. Own it. And they're going to be mo- most likely just laugh. Have it. It's going to break the ice. It's going to reduce stress. And who knows? It may become like mine where every time we get together, it's become our official cheers uh, for whenever we drink now. And it, the funny part is the people around us start joining in as well. And it all helps that you're a foreigner because otherwise it would never make it as the cheers for the group. So so I, I had firsthand experience with something like this. I was in a meeting. I worked with Hitachi for many years and I brought a customer out for an executive briefing in their headquarters out in California. And it just so happened that the CEO of Hitachi Limited out of Japan was in the building at the same time and wanted to meet this customer. This customer was a railroad uh, manufacturing uh, uh, company, and uh, they were the world's largest electromotive diesel manufacturer. And so the CEO of, of Hitachi wanted to meet them. And I was given a crash course because I had never been in a meeting with uh, people from Japan before about how to uh, accept and give your business cards and where this gentleman wanted to sit. And when the time was up, the time was up. So we had one hour with this gentleman. Um, I'd have to look, dig through my notes what, what his name was at the time, but uh, it was so interesting because at 59 after the hour, he just said, meeting's over, uh, got up and walked out. That's, you know, that's uh, there's definitely, and it's, um, unless you've been there and been a part of it, it's going to be an experience on all of that. And one of the things that uh, some listeners may be thinking about is that, uh, hey, Mike, I don't drink. Um, alcohol, uh, it's not something that either it's a belief, it could be some sort of um, uh, medical thing, whatever your reasoning uh, behind it is, don't let that hold you up. Um, there are a couple different workarounds for it. Um, one is when you go out, you can have like, you know, one or two alcoholic drinks and then switch to non-alcoholic drinks from that point in time. And that's something that I'm using social gatherings around, you know, here. So that's definitely um, here. You can also, um, you'll see plenty of people uh, that have non-alcoholic beer uh, instead of uh, one that is. You'll see people switch over to ordering soda, um, some sort of other drinks that they have that aren't alcoholic. Or if you don't want to have any at all, you can simply respond, Osaki, Yowai des. Basically, I'm not good with handling alcoholic drinks. Uh, or nomen katsu, nomen kate. Uh, I can't drink alcoholic drinks, or I really want to enjoy this food at this izakaya. So basically, I, I don't want the alcohol to ruin this magnificent meal we have. And both of those you can look up because I'm sure my pronunciation is. Uh, I've never said that I'm a linguist, uh, so you know, I'm doing the best I can. But more often than that, uh, anyone's questions will stop with that. Uh, just be friendly and have a good time and really keep positive because your attitude can 
negatively impact that group. And if you uh, just kind of respond in a smile and know they're not attacking you, they're not making fun of you, um, you're going to be fine. And uh, what about uh, when you're with, out with others, Tom? Uh, yeah, one big thing is uh, always try to pour drinks for others, even if they try and refuse to start, as it's most often a sign of respect and part of keeping the wah or harmony of the group. Other than that, refilling is often done by seniority. One other tip I can give you on drinking in Japan is to not empty your glass to signal you're done, but instead keep it a good way filled. This will help signal that you're not done drinking instead of having a glass filled right before your eyes. Yeah, it's a, it's a mistake that I made, Tom. Like, if you're done drinking, you need to keep your glass, like, a good chunk full. Um, otherwise, it's going to, I'd emptied it, like, you know, I'm done, it's yeah. empty, it's not going to be here, and then my friend, you know, poured, poured me another more. drink, and I'm like, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> uh, and one, like, other thing that's here is that these drinking parties, Tom, are not done with the first stop. And they can end up going to many, many different establishments. So don't fall prey to drinking as if that first stop is the only one that you're going to make it. Because uh, otherwise you could find yourself making a scene (laughs) or becoming a distraction as the night goes on. Now, is it easy to peel off? Like, let's say you wanted to go back to your house or or whatever, or are you just kind of part of this group now? Um, That is a good question. Now... Kids, us having them both, Tom, great, great excuse, great excuse can get you out of a lot of things that are here. Um, You could always throw out, um, oh, I need to catch my train, Mm. Um, you know, oh, sorry, uh, I have meeting, you know, by phone in the early in the morning, whatever it is, you can get out. um, But you might, if you're brand new to the, the company, at least make that jump to the next stop be a part of that one and then kind of go from there. Uh, But you'll find a lot of people that were a part of that first group that won't be there at the second one or definitely after that second to the third that just become lost somehow (laughs) on the way that's there. So um, one other thing is that it's not talked about too much. Um, You can make comments towards your boss or others to kind of say, hey, I'm not happy with this. Um, this isn't what I like or things aren't I'm not happy with how you're doing these reports or other things that are here and it's meant to be something that you've hear during that time but you act as if you've never heard it the following day so mm-hmm. if you told off your boss again you know in a respect <laughs> kind of respectful, respectful way, manner right, <laughs> you know, right? you know, not causing a huge scene um, the following day part of that to be understood that they'll pretend like it Never happened. So um, we're not going to be nearly as formal today as that, Tom, though, with what we're doing. And Tom came up with a great idea of incorporating some Dungeons and Dragons into what we're doing uh, with the D20, the 20-sided die. Uh, For those of you that may not play the cool, cool game Dungeons and Dragons on a biweekly basis or weekly basis, as it may be. Um, So our topics today are going to be decided by that die itself. So um, we're going to go ahead and kick off. I'm going to go through and if it's a one, it's going to be exciting. It's a 13 Tom. So we're going to go down to love hotels. <laughs> that was our role for 13 through 15. And this is one of our, you know, kind of hard to fit into an episode sometimes, but love hotels 
are on an average uh, 60 to $120 uh, per room. If you're going to be doing, and it varies, they can have hourly rates, they can have a full night rate. Uh, but when you're going to Japan, these love hotels are really meant for couples uh, looking to have some time to themselves because a lot of families in Japan live together. So if you and the missus or, you know, whoever that you're with and your, your family wants to spend some time together, that's where you end up going. And one thing is Japan has come away with this uh, than it was back in my 2004 adventure, Tom. But like if you and I were backpacking through Japan together and we were in an area and we were like, cool, there's this inexpensive hotel that's ends up being a love hotel. Let's just crash there for the night. Other places are booked and you and I walk in together. Chances are you'll probably be okay with that happening, but you we might be turned away. And it's just as simple as it's supposed to be like one of those things where they'll allow, but there's still some places that won't allow two girls, two guys uh, to go there. And honestly, it's not worth your argument. It's not worth getting upset over. If they don't want you there, uh, give someone that wants your money sure. <laughs> you know, a better understanding yep. if it's there. So even if you're not partaking in everything the Love Hotel has to offer with who you're with, just keep that in mind. Um, and it's also not a place that you're going to want to uh, bring your, fam- your, your family with. So if you have young kids uh, you know, with you, it's not really a place <laughs> that they're going to have. They have theme rooms uh, that are there. They have a lot of toys that aren't meant for kids uh, that can be available as well. Um, You can have Halloween costumes and things like that. So although it sounds like your kids would enjoy the time, it's really not meant for them. It's just uh, for you and that significant other that you're with. Um, And one thing uh, that you can all see, there'll be pictures outside that you or even online. If you look at their websites, they'll have them outside these hotels. You can kind of know what you're going into uh, before you even get going. And some of these, you won't even see a person. You can go in, Tom. They'll have like the rooms on this wall with buttons that you can select. You slide your money in. Again, no credit cards, my friends. Just bring cash. You slide your money in. You select your room. And the room lights up and unlocks. And like you're able to go there and get in having your, your you know a fun time. But especially for these hotels, Tom. Like, check those ratings, my friend, because I've never had an issue with any of them that I've stayed at, but I have heard some horror stories, um, you know, when you end up in ones again that might be less, but even in ones where you're like, man, for what I'm paying, this should be a great time, but that's not necessarily the case. So that's kind of our love hotel time at this time, and... You know, you know what kind of pops into my mind here is a, like a Sybaris or yes. something along those lines, right? Um, which is a hotel chain in the Chicagoland area that very similar to this. They have waterfall rooms and waterbed rooms and a moon room and themed rooms and things like that. Huh, fun. Yeah, there's even some that are Hello Kitty. I mean, you know, for, right? for each for everybody. Tom, why don't you get us started then since we have uh, Love, Love Hotels taken care of at the moment let's uh, yeah, go from there so what did i roll here i rolled a 16 Ooh. now tom is starting things off we're gonna go right to the 12 year yamazaki that i had planned on drinking prior to uh going to japan 
Um, so it's perfect time as many. I poured yours as well, my friend. Uh, but this is a Yamazaki single malt uh, Japanese whiskey that is a 12 year. Um, and it is fabulous in every way, shape and form. Uh, but I'm saving what's left in here because I am bound and determined that, that Sam and I are going to be there next summer. Um, but having these uh, notifications pop up on my phone for like all my bookings have been kind of bittersweet because you look at the plane, you're like, oh, supposed to have been taking off. Uh, oh, supposed to be in Hiroshima, supposed to be in Osaka. So, you know, but this will make it somewhat so, better. So how does that taste? Um, in perspective, Mike and I tried this Weller whiskey on Friday night. And uh, it, it was a hair grower uh, in terms of whiskey. It, uh, it took about two or three sips for us to really get into it. But once you got into it, it was impossible to put it down. So how would you describe this one? For, for me, like compared to the two, this one, you really don't notice that you're having it. Very smooth. And unfortunately, that can be a problem being that um, I bought this bottle and I've had it for a few years now, Tom. When I bought it, it was... Uh, for Father's Day, like two years ago. Okay. And it was a $100 bottle at that portion of time. And I don't spend $100 on my <laughs> whiskey bottles. But it was one of those things where I was like, you know what? Uh, I'm missing Japan. I'd like to have something to sip on from time to time. The same bottle that I have um, today is like $160. Wow. So, um, you know, not going to be rushing back out to buy it again. But, oh, it's, it's fabulous in every way. If you haven't had it, um and you're into japanese whiskeys and things um you can never go wrong by any of the 12 year uh, yamazakis i've had another that is in a this is in a golden bottle there's one that is in a green that's very similar and that one is a summer uh whiskey of theirs and it basically tastes like you're tasting summer it's fabulous in every way shape and form <laughs> it's like so it is great uh, but that, you know, this this makes it a little better, Tom, e even though I am not there. You noticed our show opening uh, became uh, for all of you summer 2022 or still 2022, because I still feel like there's a very real chance of people traveling to Japan. Um, I just have no interest in the guided tours that are currently happening right now. Um, I don't want a babysitter. Um, I don't want someone that there that is basically there not as a tour guide. Uh, from what I'm hearing, they're not people that you would normally hire to get you there, show you around and be knowledgeable about what you are. And like if I'm going to Japan and I'm spending the money to have someone be with me, I want them to be knowledgeable and I want them to be like some of the people that I've talked to on the show, um, excited about what they're doing. And if you're with somebody whose sole responsibility is to make sure you have your mask on and that you stay six feet away, um, that's not the trip for me, but that's not to say that's not a trip for someone who hasn't been and, you know, not to say that you shouldn't take advantage if that sounds interesting to you, but I'm holding out, uh, that this is going to be something that we'll all be back in person and off to what we want to do, uh, coming up. So, so Mike, that Yamazaki in the United States comes in a 12 year, 18 year, 25 year, uh, old, uh, flavor or, or box. Uh, but outside of the United States, you can get uh, as low as 10 and as high as a 50-year-old whiskey. And then they have special vintage ones that they have printed over the last uh, few years. So they have a 1980, 1984, and 1993. So whew, we got to try uh, more whiskey, I think. Did I ever tell you my uh, – I've told the, the listener of the show, but it's been a while since I've said it. I've ever told you about my experience in Japan 
uh, drinking at Bill Murray's uh, Lost in Translation New York bar when I ordered whiskey last time I was there. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you, I teach art, so it's not math, but zeros mean something, Tom. Uh, At the end of the trip, I thought I was ordering um, what I thought was like a $17 glass of whiskey. And I was like, cool. And I ordered some tacos that were nothing to write home about. But I was like, cool, I'm going to have some tacos. I I ordered a second glass of the whiskey. I kind of didn't appreciate it too. Like, I was more appreciating the view. And I had this. And I was about like... I want to say halfway through that second glass when the check came and um, I opened it up, like saw again, minus a zero, the total put in money there in <laughs> embarrassing situation. They come back and they're like, uh, all apologies, you know, you, you know, here is this guy, you know, what's going on? This this uh, foreigner is here that doesn't have it. I opened it back up and no, 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 Tom, that was one hundred seventy dollars a glass. Uh, for each of the ones that I had, and I had closer to a four hundred dollar um, experience in Japan. I'll say that last half of the glass, I really savored. It. Savored. Yolo. It, Yolo. I, I, <laughs> the only good thing was at the end of my trip, I was coming back, and I'm like, "This is awesome! I have like eight hundred dollars left at the end of my trip that I'm just going to put back into my travel fund for next time I go," which is kind of like my rule. If I have money left over, I don't have to spend through everything. Just put it in means mm-hmm. the next trip you can have is there. And it just meant that I had $400 to put back in that fund <laughs> as opposed to like eight. So it was, it was quite the time, ladies and gentlemen. So let's see here. Um, we're going to go through. We're going to get rid of our Yamazaki that is here. And we're going to go to Sora News, Tom, um, for our role here first. Do you have something that you want to share from yours or do you want me to kick things off? You go first, and then I've got one after you're, after you're done. Excellent. And I know that you listen to other podcasts that do Sora News, and I don't want to steal from uh, Deep in Japan or from others that, that kind of do this. But, hey, it's our Nomakai. We can do what we want to. So, <laughs> so um, Tom, on the Sora News, it says Ginky Sushi now has a range of sushi that, well, really isn't sushi. Are you vegetarian? Are you vegan? Are you into the just plain weird? Uh, This conveyor belt sushi chain serves up a taste of all three. So, you know, you're you're kind of going through. And as we say, like when we're doing our different places, hard to find a place that's vegetarian, hard to find a place that is vegan. But for the price of either 130 yen or 220 yen, which is about $1.63, you can end up having um, things that look like a salmon roll or mini sweets or other things that you have, some sea urchin others uh, that are the traditional ones, but they look like they're sushi, but they're actually not. And it doesn't contain any meat at all. It's just made from soybeans. So it looks like it's supposed to. But it is definitely not what's here. And there's some pictures and things that are have. And being that it's Japan, it looks amazing still. So uh, instead of having uh, salmon, it's actually a tomato puree. Um, one of the others that look that have like kind of a look like a um, other fish is like an orange on top is actually a carrot puree. There's a corn puree. There's all these different things that are here. But Hey, can't go wrong. Some faux sushi. <laughs> Some faux sushi. So, <laughs> love it, love it. 
That's great. Uh, I pulled up one, uh, and this is uh, timely because uh, I had my birthday in April. I had to go to the Department of Motor Vehicles and renew my driver's license. It had been a few years since 2016, so I had to get a new picture taken, and the person behind the counter was making sure that I did not have any smile whatsoever. So what I found on the news network here is that people in Japan are now legally allowed to smile for their driver's license photos. Um, there is a, a photo booth uh, company in Japan called PhotoMe, where you can go uh, and get license size photographs taken. But there are rules, Mike. There are rules with how the smile is uh, going to be. So the corners of your mouth can curve up, but you have to keep your lips closed and your eyes must remain wide open as well. But now you can have a little levity with your driver's license. <laughs> you know, that, that's, that's an important thing, Tom. I, I like that a lot. Like, uh, there are some, uh, what do you say, like the breaks in the armor, things that are there uh, that show that, you know, we're coming along. We're coming along for here. Um, why don't you go ahead, Tom, and uh, go ahead. You can roll for us this time, and we'll go from there. I rolled an eight. Outstanding. So that's the manga cafes, right? Yes. Why don't you go for uh, uh, start? I'll give you the second part of that, Tom. You bet. So for about 1,500 to 3,000 yen, what is that in dollars, Mike? It used to be 15 to 30 bucks, but with everything right now, it's 75 cents uh, to the, you know, equivalent to, to of their the dollar, okay. but about 15 to $30. Okay. Manga cafes are every YouTuber and anime fan's dream come true. What they are is in the name as they provide a place for you to read manga and surf the internet while providing a low-cost option for lodging as well. And the, the Manga Kissa or Manga Kissa 10 are open 24 hours um and you can even have a paid shower um you know back to the show's recommendation i think one of our first shirts tom might be um earplugs recommended um just as like you know our logo bring, bring a towel <laughs> bring a towel you know like there's a whole series of these shirts that we could have at some point in time um but you get the cool thing is uh, you get all the free drinks that you want uh, for the time that you're there, you can read, you can game, um, you can even have, um, you know, like your own little private space uh, in that. Why don't you go ahead and keep on going for us, Tom? Yeah, I mean, this sounds awesome. You can have your own place to go read comic books, right? So that's that's right up uh, right up my alley right there. Um, so a typical sign you may see in uh, notes so that you can identify manga cafe locations as lots of the times they are located above ground level. You could even rent a spot in a cafe for only 30 minutes for around 400 yen or $4 or three hours for around 700 yen, $7. These can be great if you need a spot during the hotter days of summer before you can get into your Airbnb. But one thing to keep in mind is that weekends and holidays will be even more expensive. And it is like when I traveled like in uh, June and July and you're there in August, there's not air conditioning everywhere. So having a place that you can get into is great. Again, you're just not going to see them at uh, ground level. You're going to have to recognize the signs. And we'll put a link to what uh, that kind of looks like and you can look for on your next trip as well. And usually you're going to be able to find uh, two types of seats, Tom, if you go there. One is more open. 
uh, and you're kind of next to others and things that are there and others will give you your own private booth, which of course is going to be more expensive, give you a little more space. Um, you even get your own futon um, in that private one that you could sleep on. Um, you'll have a free Wi-Fi uh, blankets, uh, indoor slippers, uh, a web camera attached to whatever that computer is that's here, and even a spot to charge your handheld games and phones for free. You also most likely have to access, um, you also have access to some vending machines to get some late night snacks um, that would end up um, like, you're not like always going to have those vending machines that are there, but they'll have food that will be sold up at the front desk. And you can kind of go from, uh, you know, from there and look at the reviews, see if anybody mentions English speaking staff. And why don't you go through our uh, check-in steps, Tom? You, you bet. This is huge because I, I don't know how many city vacations uh, that I've done and your feet are about ready to fall off and just having a place to crash for, you know, 30 minutes or an hour uh, that's comfortable and you don't have a, a, a lot of people, there's a benefit there. So check-in will usually follow these steps but can vary by location. So number one, enter the location that has the cafe and enter the elevator to the check-in floor. You may have to pay for a membership to use the cafe. It's usually just a few dollars, and you can use your passport as an ID as well to sign up. You'll then usually be asked to choose if you want a booth or a more open seat uh, plan for the amount of time you plan to spend. If you run over, you will be asked to pay the difference, which can be more than what it was per hour for the plan. Once you get a membership card, you will be given a payment slip that contains your name, seat, or booth number, and the starting time. When you're in the booth, it would be a great idea to use headphones, as it's usually considered rude to be loud or a distraction to others around you. And last, once you leave, you just take your payment slip to the check-in counter and pay for any add-ons or overage in your time. And really, Tom, uh, my recommendation is just book more than what you're going to spend. So if you think you're going to be there for only four hours, just book that extra one. It's really not going to be a huge difference in, in price. Uh, but you could be definitely more noticeable if you do go over and you'll wish that you had just booked that extra time. Book the extra hour rather than get uh, paid for the incremental 15 minutes. <laughs> so like, And here we go. Um, a net 20, Tom. Uh, so we had this kind of set aside uh, as talk about anything you'd like. Uh, <laughs> portion of things So it may not necessarily be uh, Japan we're talking about, my friends. Uh, but um, we will uh, talk about some things that are there. Tom, do you want to get us started with that, or do you want me to lead the way? Why don't you lead the way? Well, Tom and I, for those of you that listen, know that we are part of a D&D group, or actually, you know, two D&D uh, groups. Three! Well, two D&D groups and a third, uh, I don't know. We're, we're kind of like alternate a game. X-Files yeah. type yeah. thing that's right. going on from there. Uh, but, uh, you know, in our, it's kind of funny. Each group has its own dynamic. Uh, one of ours, we meet in person on a biweekly basis. And it was funny because we were kind of commenting to the, to our, our friend that's running it. Hey, we're not really having a lot of encounters. Uh, you know, it's, we're getting a lot of supplies. Uh, he wants to have it kind of be like a monster hunter for those of you that don't know it. It's really dependent upon you gathering supplies to make weapons, armor, everything. 
So quite a few of our sessions in a row were basically where we were learning about all the stuff we were getting. All the materials, right? How to, how to use them. But it wasn't like doing anything. And when you hang out every once in a while, you want to have some fun. You want to roll dice. You don't want to be uh, acting like you're in an office, kind of like taking notes the whole time. So uh, our, as any good DM will, they listened <laughs> and they kind of changed things up. But I don't know. Kind of things went in the opposite direction now, and we were in this dungeon crawl where there's multiple floors to this dungeon. And I don't know, Tom, how long do you think it's gonna get, like take us to get through we're this? One out of thirty uh, dungeons done. So this might be, you know, what uh, what year is it? Um, <laughs> it's been a while. My my daughter might be. She's a freshman going in as a freshman. She might be graduating. We might be able to celebrate her going into college. And get out of this dungeon. <laughs> it's like, but that's, you know, it's just something fun, but a little peek into uh, what we do as well. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a quick way to make friends. Uh, I moved into Naperville and married my wife about five years ago. Um, didn't have a lot of friends in Naperville. So, you know, this was a great Kickstarter for me to meet some new people, uh, grow some relationships. Mike and I have met out a couple of times. He's been over at my house. I've been at his house, uh, enjoying whiskey, uh, having dinner together. So it, it's it's now extended beyond the game. So for sure, do recommend D and D to to people. So I, I got a story for you. If we're gonna do uh, a story about anything with the nat twenty, um, so I've got a daughter. My daughter is t- is ten years old. And she had two of her friends over last week, uh, Thursday. And she decided uh, that she wanted to go on a bike ride. And we had a niece in the uh, house at the time who was going to watch them. And she asked if she needed to go on the bike ride too. And I said, no, no, they're, just tell them to stick with, to the parks, right? Uh, there's a park that's really close to our house that they can ride their bike to, and that's fine. Uh, anyway, I had to go run an errand. And I was gone for an hour, and I came back, and the the three little girls are not anywhere to be seen. So I, I asked the niece, where are they? And of course, the niece is on the phone with her boyfriend and texting him and talking to him at the same time on the couch. And she was like, oh, it's been an hour. I mean, it was. <laughs> so as a parent, all the worst fears of my life have just gone through my head at the same time. I, I kind of yelled uh, at the niece of like, we need to start looking for him, start moving around the neighborhood. I got in my car and I started driving. And uh, I, I found them within five minutes. They are coming back from downtown Naperville on three bikes like hellfire is behind them. Big smiles on their faces. And each one of them has three or four plastic bags around each arm. They had been shopping. Okay. They're 10, right? So I try to peel out of my daughter. I'm like, what did you guys, what did you guys do? Well, we had to put together different pieces of the story. The the two little girls' mom kind of added some things in. They were trying to be silent. Finally, one of them caved and told us the whole story. So they went in and they got a $100 bill out of the cabinet. They went to a bank. They cashed the $100 bill in for 20s. <laughs> they also got free lollipops. Then they decided they were thirsty because it was pretty hot last week in Naperville. So they went to Starbucks. And they asked for free water. After they were done with their free water and the lollipops, they started shopping. And out of that $100, $3 came back. They bought the world's biggest stress ball. They bought 
literally $60 worth of candy, right? And, uh, I mean, it was like one of those moments that it's like, now it's kind of a funny and hilarious story. Um, but they were like super villains. Like, let's fit, let's go to the bank. Let's just cash it out. Let's get free lollipops. Oh my gosh. It was so funny. I love it. Like, you know, it's one of those things that happen here. Like we have kids go in with a hundred dollar bill and uh, they leave with change and uh suckers that was my hundred dollar bill too so i wasn't very happy with this situation where'd you get it from oh my wallet okay did ever you ever uh, think about taking the 10 instead you know or asking it's again tom that as we spoke earlier that zero doesn't really mean anything the 10 100 you're good that's that's amazing tom though that that's a story that they'll have for for a while. <laughs> it's like no. Hey, you remember that time? Yeah. That's... Your turn or my turn? Your turn. <laughs> I'll go through here. Um, let's see. We have our Sora that was here. So we did our manga cafes. Now we are on to Tom the uh, um, whiskey Centauri uh, Toki, which is meant for highball. So this is one that you can get for uh, twenty or thirty dollars. Um, so drastically less expensive. It's even cheaper in Japan. Let me tell you, it is um, next to nothing um, when you're there. It's uh, basically one of those things like where it's the you know, you're like, you know, vodka that is as cheap as water. Um, not quite to that because they have a teacher whiskey that's even cheaper than that. That literally across the labor label says uh, teacher. So cheers, Tom. Cheers. This is excellent. This is uh 43% alcohol, 86 proof, House of Centauri. Good stuff. Very smooth. Yeah, and for, for the price that's here, it's really it's really not bad. And Centauri is one of those, um, for those fans of Lost in Translation, uh, Bill Murray's tagline in that is, for a relaxing time, make it Centauri time, which, funny enough, has never been an advertising slogan for Centauri. And I really think they missed out because uh, there are still T-shirts I see to this day, Tom, that have Bill Murray's picture on them and say, for relaxing time, uh, make it Suntory time. And really, that movie did so much for the Japanese whiskey industry. And suddenly people began to ask, like, you know, what is this? You know, where can I find it? Um, most of other things have been like, you know, Scotland or, you know, things in the U S or other ones who have like Kentucky, Tennessee, this is where we're going to get our things. But that really opened everything up to be just completely, you know, new, new. And, then uh, did the same for me. Cause when I went, uh, to Japan in 2004, one of the first things I did was have a Centauri whiskey that actually only cost me, it was like 30 something dollars for the glass, not the 300 something, uh, with some chocolate that was like uh, $11 or something like that. Sat there for my first time looking out over the city, sitting in what I think was one of the spots that Bill Murray sat in the movie as close as I could get. And, uh, you know, still to this day, like any of them that I taste uh, takes me back. So it's great. That's cool. So Suntory was founded in 1899. It's uh, Japan's largest uh, alcohol and beverage uh, organization out there. So think of them almost like a PepsiCo that also does whiskey. 
right? Uh, as a matter of fact, they are the official Pepsi bottling company of Japan. So every Pepsi that comes out is uh, gone through Suntory. And another fun fact is they bought uh, Bean, uh, which is a U.S. Uh, uh, company, uh, about eight years ago. So, you know, think of Jim Beam uh, whiskey. I like it. I said, I, I, I definitely do. And I'm going to go ahead and roll again for us. It's been fun today just having kind of some things to talk about, but take it from there. Uh, so... Uh, I rolled as close to uh, the one as I could, Tom, uh, with A2, and we're going to kind of roll down as we break these things down. But one of the topics that I had for, for this was basically some of uh, my favorites or just favorite YouTube channels that are kind of Japan focused. And from YouTube, I, I love uh, Abroad in Japan, uh, Japan Explorer, Only in Japan, uh, Mrs. Eats. Pure Japan, Tokyo Lens and Norm, and of course our friends uh, Road Bike Rentals uh, Japan and Charmillion, uh, to name a few. Uh, for podcast, it's definitely um, always for me uh, Japan 2.0. Uh, abroad in Japan again, and for years I listened to the podcast never watched anything was on YouTube and played catch up recently <laughs> it's like about a year ago when I was looking to plan things again both worth your time Japan distilled is a fabulous for those of you that have introduced uh, like uh, Japanese whiskey or would like to know more about Japanese drinks they are amazing and they go into so much history about everything and they just recently interviewed um, a gentleman that was part of a group that started a uh, kind of like a Japanese whiskey bar and sake bar and highball bar and um, was just talking about how they made it, what it's here, and it's just so worth your time. Um, I also listened to um, Small Talk Japan, Now and Zen, Disrupting Japan, Voices in Japan, and, uh, you know, just so many more like Tokyo Fresh and deep in uh like i said deep in japan to uh name just a few so here we go tom that clears us out for that one as well so we're, we're down to just a couple of more uh things that we have here uh so i think we're gonna roll and see if we can get that which one we have we'll take it Okay, Tom, in Sora News, we're going to do what you shouldn't do on a podcast, which is uh, search through things as you're going through. Well, actually, I've got something for you uh, on that uh, on that while you're looking around. So um, you can say sayonara to your crossbow, Mike. <laughs> it's like, no. <laughs> Police are asking their owners to turn in their crossbows as new ban goes in effect. So, unfortunately, possession of a crossbow without official license is illegal starting uh, in March of this year in Japan. Um, so, unfortunately, if you're an enthusiast with weapons, do it the right way. Get your crossbow license. And, uh, Tom, just so you know, uh, if you make your way to Japan, and one of the things that my dad liked to do was bring back matchbooks uh from different bars and things that he went to um but uh japan made matchbooks uh will be a thing of the past uh 
like by August, like sometime in August, uh, July, they're not going to be uh, made in Japan anymore. Uh, so just kind of a <laughs> like kind of that weird thing of like, I guess they'll be made elsewhere. But if you oh, have you yeah. know any that say made in Japan on it, set it aside now. Who knows? That's a great uh, that that's great advice. Uh, that could work be worth something for sure. I love matchboxes too. I always try to uh, collect a, a couple when I'm at a restaurant and they have those. And one other was that like a. There are, Tom, if you're looking for new umbrellas, uh, when I do finally get it to Japan, if they're still there, they have Super Mario umbrellas. Uh, so you can actually recreate scenes from the Nintendo back when we played, Tom. And they have uh, what looks like, as best described, a partially clear umbrella. And it shows uh, Mario swimming and spitting out the fireballs or doing different things all underwater. Come on. With everything that you have here, this is... Uh, how can you how can you go wrong without it? I mean, your daughter, uh, son, you know, your kids, they'd love to see you walking, you know, with them with this. I'm like, how could they not? <laughs> so, uh, hey, Mike, I, I, I scanned down to the end of this crossbow article and it, and it has a really funny last line con- considering we're talking about D&D. So that crossbow ban, it did go in effect on March 15th. Uh, dramatically at the stroke of midnight, says the sentence. But plate armor remains legal. So if you still want to walk around in your full plate mail, you can. That's important, Tom. I mean, if we're going to if we're going <laughs> to if we're going to LARP, uh, you know, and do it right, we needs to be right? the real thing, buddy. <laughs> it's like it's fantastic, Tom. Fantastic. And um, ladies and gentlemen, I hope that you've kind of enjoyed yourself uh, for this time. Just a for fun uh just something different for us to do. And we are going to be doing an interview coming up soon. We have an individual that's going to be talking to us with some other tour recommendations. And um, at this point when we're recording, this is going to come out after, but we had a podcast that came out on skiing and snowboarding. And I would say, go back and listen to that. Uh, But we are going to be moving on to Um, some other cities and changing our format we're going to do is basically make it so that we're going to take you from arrival at a train station or an airport and kind of walk you through a day in that city and some of them of course will be multiple days and what we're going to look to do is give you a couple different options uh, to eat a couple of different tourist things a couple of different places to stay and just kind of act like we're there because for me tom uh, I've got another year uh, or, you know, or slightly less now, I hope to where I'm going to be going back. So this is going to help itch that scratch uh, that I won't be able to uh, till that time. So anything else you want to throw in, my friend? Hey, anytime we can get together and, and drink whiskey oh, and talk and do your podcast. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. Sounds good. Sounds good. And I would agree. I'd agree. Uh, some housekeeping for the day. So please give a follow. I'll like and a comment on your favorite streaming service for updates on the show feel free to follow us at instagram at lost without japan or visit even lost without japan.lipson.com and please my friends check the notes because we have our show page that i've updated and thrown in different interviews and people we've talked to and sites and how to get to them one of them was an faq on top skiing locations yes tom yeah i've got a i've got a uh 
an idea, you know. So you could take both of the bottles of whiskey that we drank today and uh, take a picture and put them on your live feed or your Instagram feed for everybody to take a look at your uh, your 12-year-old bottle of uh, whiskey over there. I like that, Tom. Uh, look for that picture, and if you're listening to that, appreciate what we also appreciated. <laughs> and, you know, I want to say a big thank you um, for our sponsor. It is not the K-Pop Kimchi Podcast. They're still, you know, a fan of the show and sponsoring as well, but we want to spread the love around. And in this case, we're going to uh, thank again our sponsor, Road Bike R- Rental um, in Osaka. And a super brief advertisement will go at the end of our show. And remember, you can visit them at roadbikerentaljapan.com. Tell them we sent you. It would be much appreciated. We're gaining nothing monetary for this. It's just we want to shout out as many people that we've talked to in hopes that when we get there, they'll also be there as well. So it looks like it's ready to call it a night. Uh, There's no second party, Tom, uh, that I'm going to drag you to for this. So, yeah. Well, just keep drinking at this one, then. (laughs) That's that's it. And uh, we're going to be moving on, though, to the city of Kanazawa. And I'm really excited, actually, after doing all these interviews, to get back to kind of our talks of our cities. And then we're going to go to Komaki. Uh, Those of you that may not know uh, what the city of Komaki is Kanazawa is one that, you know, if you know, Japan, you probably have heard of before Komaki though is going to be kind of going back and me seeing how 20 years later, the one of the first cities that I went to in Japan uh, has changed uh, from when I was there last. So on behalf of loss without Japan and the entire crew, I'd like to thank you for joining us on this trip. And we're looking forward to seeing you on board again in two weeks for our next episode. To everyone out there, oh, ginky day, stay well, my friends. And, Tom, would you like to read our special advert for the day? Road Bike Rental Japan provides cycling solutions to those wishing to go cycling or bike touring in Japan. With nationwide delivery options available, you can explore even more of Japan on two wheels and at your own pace. More details of all of the RBRJ services can be found at RoadBikerRentalJapan.com. Yep. RoadBikerRentalJapan.com. Well, Tom, I think if you keep on reading like that for RoadBikerRentalJapan.com, just how you did, I think you're going to be making back that $100. You're going to be stolen away just to read adverts. For I'll get my pound of flesh out of that, <laughs> that girl. Don't worry. Uh, and our Lost Without Song uh, for Japan, uh, Lost Without Song for today, um, will be a surprise. So keep on listening past this to everyone else. Goodbye. Hope you've enjoyed. And if you want to add any uh, notes or what you thought of the whole experience um, or recommendations for talking points for next time, feel free to reach out directly to the show. Thank you, everybody.
Okinawa. Kanpai. Swinging it in Harlem. Kanpai. Send out. Kanpai. Hands up Miami. Kanpai. We at Hong Kong. Kanpai. Everybody in Tokyo say. Yabai. Yeah,